Hello team, uh, we are back with the Shire Fit podcast. Uh, this week we have a guest on the show, so it's only me, no Tara this week. Sorry Tara. We have uh, Johnny Landells from Na- Next Step Nutrition. Hi, yeah, uh, thank you for having me on. No problem, it's our pleasure. Um, Johnny uh, is the owner of Next Step Nutrition, of course they're sponsoring the show today. Um, <laughs> instead of making a hash of um a brief on what they do i'll go to the owner himself yeah to, to give you a quick run through of what next step nutrition is yeah cool thanks um glad that you got the name right it's been embarrassing before to when people have got <laughs> what, what have they done wrong. nah i was at a, a, another gym before and and they made a joke of like saying that i was um next level nutrition or like something and you're like damn that's a better name (laughs) (laughs) no like there's another oh that was it there's another there's another nutrition company in leeds that was owned by one of the former members called sustain nutrition and he was like johnny landles from sustain nutrition he was only doing it to wind me up awkward yeah Yeah, and i was like i will kill you no it was fine um yeah so next step nutrition i'm i'm the owner and uh like sole member of the team uh, of next step nutrition but we been going for like five years uh, I'm a certified nutritionist and also a certified master health coach, which is a bit of a weird term, but that's just the credential that it's called. Um, and we focus on... It's a cool term. It's a cool term. Master health. Master health like coach. It, it yeah. sounds like so elite. They're yeah, almost I love elitist. it. It's cool. But that was that's just a, a year-long uh, course on like cognitive behavior therapy, behavior psychology, things like that. So we focus on the psychology and behaviors of eating and work primarily with people who are like stuck in that kind of diet cycle. But don't get me wrong, I worked with CrossFitters for years when I was a CrossFit coach. And that was the the first type of people I worked with on nutrition as well. So when it comes to performance nutrition, that was effectively what my certification in nutrition is a sports nutrition certification. And then the master health coach was the psychology and eating skill behavior side of things. So a plethora of skills but i work one-to-one um with people on on their eating habits behaviors and then i've also got a, like a group program called the academy which is a six month long behavior change uh program yep so i mean if you're interested after the show i'll uh, link johnny's website in with the notes and obviously if you're a west yorkshire member you'll be able to see johnny in the gym so you can speak to him face to face yeah uh, uh, yeah i was gonna say you know if you ever want to speak to me in the gym or message me on social media i'm always happy to answer a question here or there is it true that you sing your responses to social media questions (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't sing all my responses but uh there was a period of time when i was doing singing videos of like nutrition coining the term the singing nutritionist but they take a fair bit of effort you do know? they yeah, yeah you know to write the song and to the production of actually making them interesting to watch it but takes a bit of time and i've just been uh, you know fortunately <laughs> i've had a lot of work to do so it's, it's been hard I, to get done i know they have dropped off but i did see you over christmas um karaokeing yeah very well that was my new year's eve mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah that I, was i the the new inn in calvary right yeah. new year's eve this it had all the makings of a tragic affair <laughs> because I had I had a friend up from London who who I'm a school friend with and his uh, missus and the four of us went to the new inn for eight o'clock because it was like DJ karaoke we were like this is going to be great and it was literally all the people in there were clearly just the locals the DJ was playing the music no one had started singing yet so I was like right someone's got to break the ice here someone's got to do it. and so I I sang first and what after a man. that it descended into up to the madness plate. honestly so funny I sang Bohemian Rhapsody by myself with the help of the table next to me doing Galileo's. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good night. Uh, was Stu Trees present? Uh, he wasn't actually. Uh, no, I should have uh, should have invited him. That would have been good fun. So, um, we we talked about it pre-show, guys. Um, 
but I just wanted to sort of go back on it a little bit. The from my perspective as a gym owner and um, a sort of coach of clients, the benefit that Johnny's services provide um, is that kind of intuitive, um, that mindful eating piece about behaviours and and the more complex side of nutrition. Um, you know what Johnny doesn't do, and we talked about this now. He he will actually you know tell you no if you ask for this is is just writing a plan you know if you're looking for that and we can talk about that like maybe later on in the show johnny why potentially a plan's not the right thing for some people um but you know if you want to just follow this quick fix you know plan johnny's not your man he is more of a behavioral change um he gets to know you as a person and tries to sort of rebuild you and your choices from within. Do you think that's the right way to put it? Yeah, I think that's a really great way to put it. I, I can understand why people would ask for a plan. And there's there's two reasons why. One is that there is a perceived like perfect way to eat. I think a lot of people get into, you know, what's the best way for me to achieve X goal in Y time? And that's because of social media and diet culture and all the rest of it showing us these transformations that happen in sort of record time. And we can go into the, the pitfalls of that, of course, but... Then it also feels like the path of least resistance. Yeah. You know, like, just tell me what to eat. Yeah, I said this before. It seems like the easy yeah. like plan to follow. And of course it is. And I followed I followed a plan in the past that was given to me by um, a guy who coached bodybuilders to like stage level, f- comp, you know, physiques. And yeah, they are easy to follow. I mean, they're bloody boring, um, but they're easy to follow for, for a period of time. But then the issue is, is that what do you do if you're not following your plan? you then have a, f- a feeling of failure or, well, is this food, quote-unquote, right for me? Um, and it's harder to take a more intuitive and mindful aspect, but especially with a lot of the people I work with, Max, it's not that they lack knowledge of what to eat because intuitively and knowledge-wise, I think we're, we're all pretty agreed in terms of plenty of fruits and vegetables, plenty of protein, mostly sort of natural and processed to an extent foods because some food processing is, of course, just the world we live in and having some of those things isn't going to kill you but it's that whole whole thing of people fall down with their snacking yeah and their relationship with food and their overeating as opposed to necessarily the right foods to an extent like if, if your job is or sorry if your goal is to perform optimally there are definitely things that you can do and if your goal is to get stage shredded then maybe you need a specific plan to follow. Mm. But outside of those two goals, even if your goal was to perform optimally, I wouldn't write you a plan. Mm. Because actually there are habits and actions that you can take, which are much more generalized, which you can then personalize to your own lifestyle, your own situation and your own goals, as opposed to saying, well, I just need to... It's like fixing a square peg into a round hole. It's just not going to be a fit. Yeah. Sustainability is is the issue, isn't it? And, And in my opinion you know of the general consensus of members that we coach in shyfit gyms across the country you know i've never seen a plan succeed really no. for longer than a period of six to eight weeks maybe well exactly because yeah. why would you want to follow a plan for the rest of your life that's <laughs> yeah. the thing like I, I saw a really funny post the other day that was like tracking macros is not a lifestyle and it's like <laughs> and it's not and right. i understand why people do it and i i used to give them to people to an extent if some people want them now i can still provide them and then alongside like behavior and habit yeah. changes because i understand the the uh, maybe you know having a like a parameter to fall into or a thing to aim for or a safety blanket per se to use them for but then there there is a tool to use for education 
and for awareness that you can then help people move beyond and then there, there are there is a lot of diet language out there that kind of portrays disordered eating as normalized eating and and portrays it as discipline and uh, oh it's a lifestyle not a diet and it's like well if you're following a meal plan that like is turkey mince three times a day <laughs> like that is a diet pal that is not a lifestyle yeah what have you got against turkey mince <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not that like man that is a dry yeah. dry meal but uh, i was in jd gym uh, the days before i joined shy fit back when i lived in beeston jd gym was right across the road from where our flight it was an epic epic uh, location and uh, i passed a personal trainer who was clearly like bodybuilder-esque personal trainer just speaking to you know an average guy i was gonna say average joe i know he was an average guy average go <laughs> average go <laughs> and um he was like okay so with this the guy was like so can i have anything with this turkey mince because he had a piece of paper in front of him and he's like oh you know you can have like a tablespoon of tomato sauce or something and i was just laughing like like, lucky you yeah (laughs) you are gonna hate your life yeah (laughs) and that's when you live for the weekend yeah you know and then that's that's why those things can really backfire so yeah mega so um when i uh initially uh invited johnny on the podcast i described um to him that we were excited to have him on and we were looking forward to hearing um from him because of his colorful background um and you know if you follow johnny on social media and maybe you just bumped into him you can you can tell he's a guy with a sort of massive range of experience you know it takes a certain person to you know go to acting school um and then end up in the crossfit industry um so i think it'd be beneficial for the people listening and for our members um to hear about your background how you got into um the nutrition path that you're in now and sort of where it all started and and your where you came from yeah okay i'll give you the abridged version because this could be a long story (laughs) especially because i'm 31 and it effectively starts when i was 16 um so when i was 16 i was going through my gcse's no, I wasn't. I was going through my A-levels. And um, unfortunately, my dad passed away oh, when right, I was 16. Sorry, yeah. No, it's all right. 16 years ago now, this yeah. year. Um, and I was, I, at the time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I'd kind of dabbled around with different things. I was doing sciences and stuff at A-level because I thought I might like to be a vet. Like, I've loved animals for as long as I've been alive. And we always grew up with dogs. And But I'd started doing some amateur musical theatre and things when I was that age as a hobby. And my mum and I had a sort of big chat about things because I didn't get a good grade in maths and you need really good grades to get into veterinary college, Uh, you know, like three A's across the board at A2 level. Mm. And one of them has to be maths if it's not physics. So it's like chemistry, biology, and then maths or physics. Those are the four that you have. I did maths and physics at uh, A level. And if I didn't go to a very, very amazing college with incredible teachers i would have failed honestly mate like i went to a <laughs> private school you know yeah. i'm very fortunate i'm very privileged i know that in many ways and chemistry and biology sorry no chemistry i got an a uh, a2 biology i got a b at a2 and then i, I end up doing philosophy and ethics instead of maths at a2 and got an a in that so i did well at yeah. school but i decided to mix things up and go for musical theater <laughs> right so i was like fuck it you know you only live once yeah apologies for my french that just slipped out that's all but, right uh you know i'll, I'll go do musical theater why not but at private school, you don't really know about drama schools or anything like that. You only know of universities. We were just going through the standard university application. So I was applying for universities to do like musical theatre. And luckily, I got into uh, the University of Central Lancashire, Preston. I did a three-year course in musical theatre. And it very much was a degree. So it wasn't that intense. But we did do a production every year. So, you know, I did 
Pirates of Penzance in first year, I did Parade in second year, I did thir- Footloose in third year, and third year I actually got the lead role in Footloose. Go on! So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so dan- dancing and singing, uh, playing Ren in Footloose, and, uh, and among that I did Beauty and the Beast twice with like local amateurs, one in Manchester, one in Bolton, um, and, and was part of the chamber choir at uni as well. We went to China, went to France, won the BBC Adult Choir of the Year, that kind of thing. So I had some really great experiences. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, really cool. And in third year, in that world, I then learned about drama schools, whereas before I had no idea about them. And I auditioned to the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama for a Master's in Musical Theatre and was fortunate enough to get in. Go on. Not surprised with your star role in Ren. Well, there you go. Uh, So, yeah, so I was fortunate enough to get in. I kind of just blagged the dance round (laughs) and got in kind of off uh, off the singing, luckily. And I was actually down to the last two of my year to get a scholarship from Andrew Lloyd Webber. Which is pretty cool. Amazing. So singing in front yeah. of Andrew Lloyd Webber, now that is a nerve-wracking thing. Yeah. Don't go to, you know. Anyway, I didn't get that, unfortunately. A girl in my year who was very, very good got it. She massively deserved it. But then, I, so I was thrust to Cardiff. Cardiff for one year. And musical theatre at a college like that is 8am till 6pm every day dancing, singing, acting. Like every day starting yeah. with two to three hours of dance. I know. We, I mean, I had no idea. That how that how hard you have to work yeah, at these it's, places. It's you, legit you, crazy. you think, oh, it's acting, it's dance, it's easy, you know. No. But it's definitely not by the sounds of it. No, 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 no. And that's when you get into doing productions and and like we did a showcase, which is basically where you all do a solo song and a solo speaking part and some choral numbers, and you take that to London and you perform it in Cardiff and in London in front of agents and casting directors, and that's your one shot to get an agent, effectively. So it's nerve-wracking. And the director for that is a professional director who was like, we were in theatres till 9, 10 o'clock at night rehearsing those that to make it epic. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, it was tough, really tough. But in between uni and that drama school, I'd found CrossFit. Luckily in, in Carlisle, it was actually one of the original CrossFit gyms. This is back in 2010, yeah. 2011. So this is like where there's four or five CrossFit gyms in the country. You know, 2011 was the first ever CrossFit Open and I did it. I did the first ever CrossFit Open. Go on. Yeah, before Amazing. I could do double unders and it was power yeah. snatch, double unders, that kind of thing. So yeah. I've been I've been in the game for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and luckily in Cardiff, there was CrossFit Cardiff, which was one of the first gyms, again, in the UK, ran by a guy called David Dennis, who's now CrossFit Level 1 trainer staff, like really kind of big in that community. And a guy called John Hares, really, really lovely guy, John. And John and I hit off a... Uh, an instant friendship basically as soon as i went to cardiff funnily enough i went down for my audition was told i'd made the second round of andrew lloyd webber and had to stay overnight so i had to find a hotel and i went to crossfit cardiff for like a 6 p.m class so it's like when i met them wow. and and so i was doing crossfit as soon as i went down to cardiff yeah did it every day and i started coaching um their like so online the, classes and stuff the dance the singing and all of that eight to eight that wasn't enough you're like i'll be a crossfit i'll do crossfit as well, as well. yeah no <laughs> like so i went to crossfit classes first thing in the morning at 6 a.m Amazing. and then went to drama school so i literally i, I drove home parked up showered and then walked to college with my house a lesson on work great everybody who says they haven't got time for the gym right no honestly max it, it was more it, my my schedule was more mental when i moved up here so anyway cut a long story short because that was already too long so crossfit musical theater uh, did the masters did pretty well moved to london um to be an actor uh got loads of auditions unfortunately not many professional jobs only a couple here and there um but i started working as an intern at crossfit thames which is a gym in canary wharf because it was the only one i knew of (laughs) and even though there was a few in london um and then from the internship they were like we want you to be a coach 
we think you're a, a great guy. They were offering a full-time salaried position. So I was like, yeah, nice one. I'll yeah. do that alongside being an actor. Yeah. And then after my agent dropped me, because <laughs> I didn't get enough work, because agents only get paid when you get paid. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you Brutal got, world, right? Oh, honestly, yeah. like, I, I had auditions, Max, for Les Mis mm. on West End twice. Wicked, Billy Elliot, um, We Will Rock You, Grease, like, loads. Yeah. Loads of things. Miss Saigon. Just didn't get any of them. I got a couple of smaller jobs, like yeah. I got a paid pantomime, what, like that kind of thing. I hope this isn't a painful question to ask, but what do you think it was that stopped? Looking back, yeah. my mindset now is completely different to okay. when it was then. Yeah, and having having my own business now and knowing the effort it goes into marketing yourself and self development and effort, I would if I had my time again, I'd do it very differently. Mm. I would probably not do as much CrossFit. To be honest with you, I I'd, yeah. I'd do less of that, and fo- I'd focus on staying fit. and And the reason I did CrossFit Max was because I've always been a bigger guy, mm. and I was always worried about being overweight. Right. And yeah. for me, I was like, this is the only thing for me that's helping me control my weight, yeah. and I need to keep doing it, otherwise I'll be overweight. And I didn't want to be an overweight actor. Yeah. Because there is a lot of weight stigma in that world as well. A lot of it. I can imagine it's a very uh, uh, appearance orientated world, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to. I wanted to be a bigger guy because I felt it worked. But then I also. So this is the thing about my mindset at the time. I thought that that worked against me. I was like, all the other musical theatre lads look the same. They're all yeah. nim- nimble and they're all good at dance. And like, mm. I'm not that guy. Like, I'm a bigger guy. I'm more of a part. You know, like a main part physique. Mm. But because I'm young and I don't have the experience, no one will give me a main part. So I gave myself all of these limiting beliefs. Yeah. Whereas if I went backwards, I would say, right, okay, you're not a nimble musical theatre actor. So what can you do better? Okay, you can sing, you can act. But let's get your dance up. Let's yeah. make you a better dancer so it's not your limiting factor. Yeah. And I would focus, you know, instead of going to CrossFit in 6 a.m. in the morning, I would wake up and I'd go dance. That's what I would do if I had my time again. Yeah. And rather than... Play to your strengths. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, and work on my weaknesses. And work on your weaknesses. Same and, and so rather than cutting out early and going to maybe a CrossFit evening class to go coach, I'd stay late and practice my dance. That's, that's what I'd do now if I had my time back. Yeah. But I don't. And and it's a good lesson. Yeah, and you've learned from it. It's yeah. a good lesson because because you know getting an, uh, getting an email from your agent saying I'm going to drop you. Been hard. That's a, it was a crushing moment for me. Mm. It really was, and I did have to dig deeper into myself to think right. Do I go again? Do I try and get another agent, or do I or do I pack it in? Mm. And I made the decision to pack it in because CrossFit was going well and I was enjoying it. And looking back now, obviously I wouldn't change it because I learned a lot of things from that, which have made me the business owner and the person who has this work ethic now. Yeah. Um, and I'm back into performing. You know, I, I didn't stop singing. I kept singing, seeing my singing teacher. I still see the same singing teacher today that, that I met in Cardiff because oh, he's one of the best in the UK. You yeah. know, again, I was really privileged to meet him and, and work with him. And I still see him for Zoom lessons today. Thank Do you, you want to uh, plug your upcoming show quickly? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm back into musical theatre on an amateur side doing Rent, yeah. um, which is appearing in the Leeds Playhouse in March, uh, Hull Truck Theatre at the end of March, and then there's the York Roundtree at the beginning of like middle of April. There's a little bit, a uh, little there's contingent crew, from the uh, yeah, yeah. Crew gym coming to watch so, it. Yeah, yeah, thank you to you and, and, <laughs> and the small group who are coming. I really appreciate that. So, And I've got, there's two lead roles in that show, like two, well, I mean, every part in that show is pretty big, mm. and then it kind of follows the two the two men and, and and their friends, and I'm one of those two guys. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, long story short, <laughs> which I said last time, but <laughs> after a few years in London, we yeah. me and my ex partner moved to Leeds because she wanted to do a degree in speech therapy. I started working in a CrossFit gym in Manchester, um, which after a sort of five or six months didn't really work out. Commute was very long, didn't mm. really like the hours, that kind of thing. Ended up working at a gym in Leeds for a while but this was when i'd started next step nutrition that was sort of halfway through my time in london i'd 
I got help from a nutrition coach. And yeah, let's dive in there. So yeah. why did you start Next Step Nutrition? So for me, and again, this is probably weight stigma from the CrossFit world, is that I still felt like I was a bit sort of chubby mm. and, and over, over like bigger than everyone else. And in 2014, end of 2014, I was like, I was, I was training really, really hard. CrossFit Open was coming up in Feb 2015. And I'd been doing a, a program from, do you know who Yami Tikkanen is? The guy I do, yeah. Who, so he uh, was one of the owners of CrossFit Thames when yeah. I was going there. And he started something called the Training Plan. Yeah. And everyone who was a member. Was he Annie's coach? He yeah. was Annie's coach. Yeah, yeah Annie Thora's daughter's coach. Mm. And the Training Plan was then, the Unlimited Training Plan membership was open for people who were on the Unlimited membership at CrossFit Thames as a free bolt-on. So there was a group of us at CrossFit Thames who were all quite competitive, quite young lads. Um, who did the training plan together. And I was training with a guy called Nick Rouse as well, who was quite a big name back then, won the London throwdown sort of thing. Mm. And I would train with him because he was one of the coaches at Thames as well. So I was training really hard, but I just always felt my nutrition was off whack. And this is because mm. I'd done diet after diet. I'd done that bodybuilder meal plan in Cardiff, that kind of thing. And I'd never really gotten to a place where I'd done paleo, the whole 30, all of these different things. And I was like, I'd, I'd never found a place where I was consistent enough. Mm. And one of my old rugby pals, funnily enough, was like, banging on on Facebook about flexible dieting, if it fits your macros, that kind of thing. So I signed up with him back end of 2014. And then, so enter into 2015, I'm tracking my macros. I'd gotten pretty shredded. I'm not going to lie. Like, Yeah, no, I've seen some pictures, mate. Impressive. And yeah. in 2015, I had the best open I've ever had. Mm. Like one of the workouts was overhead squats and chest bar pull-ups. And I came I 80th in Europe or something Good like that lad. on that workout. And I think awesome. I was one, 130th or 150th in Europe, which sounds not great well, but mate it's huge yeah like yeah. best open score ever yeah yeah and then i made the really really stupid decision <laughs> to stop doing the training plan <laughs> and change programs okay as uh, you do classic yeah. yeah the other head coach of crossfit thames was like let's do this program together because we'll be yeah. able to train together yeah. and this one's like geared for the open because it was all conditioning yeah and i did do that but the thing about the training plan was that it was two sessions a day and it was periodized to the open so you had off-season strength mm. and then as you went into the open it got more anaerobic more and you know and it was aerobic intervals very very clever yeah anyway so my performances start going backwards but that was my entry into nutrition yeah and i was like right okay well i want to read about if it fits your macros and things like that and so I, I did loads of reading all about it and i started toying about with people and macros and things like that and then i did the precision nutrition level one and that was my first entry into opening next step nutrition yeah and then as i moved to leeds and and manchester i started kind of picking up more clients i did the mac nutrition certification in 2017 2018 and it was at the back end of 2017 when i decided to leave crossfit coaching and go full-time nutrition nutrition. coaching and so i've been running it full-time since 2018 yeah so like zooming out what i can hear is as any good business owner has you have a really deep why for your product which is you want to help other people to become happier with within themselves um which is something that you potentially struggled with for quite some time by the sounds of it yeah yeah it was it was very much bred out of my own struggles for it because yeah. funnily enough like it's even from um after tracking macros for so long and getting to a, a stage of leanness i was able to recognize in myself that i still wasn't like very happy yeah. even though i was really lean mm. and like i was chasing a number on the scale mm. and um I, I talk about a story about i was competing in the british championships in london and there's a picture of me on a ski erg and i'm eight pack shredded mm. and i remember that weekend i was still dieting still trying to lose weight because yeah, i was still mad. chasing a number on the scale i'd still yeah. pinch skin on my body and say it was body fat 
And like yeah. you look at my face, man, and I was like bone face. Yeah. I binged that weekend. And there was this awful perception back then that like leanness equaled performance, which is being ruined nowadays with the likes of Reggie Fasser at the top of the sport. Reggie Fasser and Matt <laughs> who, Fraser. Without being horrible, doesn't look that lean. Reggie um, Fasser's had a consultation with me though. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, and and, and Reggie Fasser's a really nice guy. Yeah. And then he's he's falling prey to weight stigma and diet culture yeah. within CrossFit. That's what the issue is. People saying to him, if you were leaner, you'd be you better. Be- but yeah. why? Yeah. Look at Matt Fraser. Yeah, true. He's not the leanest, no. but he's the best because he focused on his performance. Mm. And it's why I talk to people who fixate on the scale. You can't lose weight every week because you no. just you disintegrate into nothing. Yeah. And your weight is, is, is the combination of so many different factors that it's actually almost pointless. And if you're feeling better my clients who do the best with their nutrition and their and their and their physique are the people that focus on their actions that are in their control and they focus on feeling good for their training yeah because they're then able to train better and they're able to then get better results from their training from a physical perspective and then they look better yeah and yeah so it's it's bred from me like you know i want to help people overcome weight stigma overcome these psychological effects that impact their behavior but also from my dad you know my, my dad passed away mm. from a heart attack he was overweight he had thyroid issues as well because he he was so manically stressed at work he owned his own business as well um and didn't exercise smoke like a chimney mm. you know it's heart attack waiting to happen yeah but that that happening in your family is like oh yeah yeah so you, you need to look after yeah. yourself you mm. know and for me i'd always played rugby but I'd always been a bigger lad and mm. I was like, right, okay, I need to work on my fitness and my nutrition, that kind of, and, th- and that is where it bred from, you know, yeah. like I, I'm 31 going on 32. I don't want to have only 15 years left on this planet. Mm. So yeah, a couple of things led to it for sure. That's amazing. And I, I like, you can see the passion in it now in, you know, not just your singing, but <laughs> uh, you're singing clips on Instagram, but just like the, <laughs> the amount of work you put into your, your, your business and your clients, to be honest. Um, like coming back again from my perspective as a as a coach and a gym owner mm. um i don't think anyone in the previous 10 years has figured out how to do nutrition correctly mm. um you know and i've watched it as a coach and a gym owner like just cycle from one thing to the next you mm. know it was paleo to start off with then it was macros then it was... There's um, been intermittent fasting recently because yeah, of uh, throning and all that jazz. Been, yeah, and people are trying to figure out this like way to um, nail nutrition. But it looks like there is no one way. It's, why it's are we looking for a hack? Individual, yeah. Why are we looking for a hack, Max? Yeah. That's the thing. That's why I'd like, like, you know, why? And I'll tell you why. Because everyone, everyone is so obsessed with peak performance that everyone is forgetting that the best regulator of your body is your own internal cues, your own mm. internal body. But every athlete now is like sleep tracker, step tracker, calorie tracker. We're using all of these external forces in order to optimize our performance. Yeah. But like, what happened to just waking up in the morning and thinking, have I had a good sleep or not? Yeah. How do I know? Like, yeah. what internal cues would tell you that you've had a crappy night's sleep? Probably still a bit of tiredness, bit of fatigue, bit of brain yeah. fog. Oh yeah, okay, I probably didn't sleep that well last night. Okay, why was that? Oh, okay, well, I was on my phone until half 10 and then I ate really late as well and I also had a coffee at like 4 p.m. So that's probably why I didn't sleep very well. Yeah. And the more you can tune into these internal factors and start to play them back in your head and, and maybe write them down to 
to think about your thoughts yeah you can start to piece together oh okay well maybe i'll try something else yeah you don't need everyone's so obsessed with external all yeah. oh, right okay but they it makes them not think for themselves mm. why not yeah and with nutrition yeah we're all looking for this hack but why we've got the research around the people who live the longest and there's nothing they do nutrition wise that stands out mm. other than that they eat within their means and they eat mostly food that they grow themselves yeah other than that you've got the eskimos who eat mostly whale mm. so like their diet's really really high fat mm. and then you've got the the, the japanese okinawans who eat 85 percent of their calories come from white rice mm. and within a lot of uh, crowds of the diet industry white rice is like a devil food yeah you can't eat white rice on paleo but they do mm. and they live longer than fine. they live longer yeah. than those people do <laughs> yeah. so it's like why are we looking for this hack of food because actually it comes down to enough nutrients in the right manner for fueling the activity that you're putting your body through which is hugely individual yeah sleeping well having a great social health having a great life in general yeah that's all you need yeah and and that individual approach just shines through doesn't it yeah 100%. um right